Welcome back to another edition of Pod Jerky. We're going to be doing a multiple part episode about music, specifically Canadian music. And each episode following this episode will be on specific Canadian artists. So stay tuned for what's coming up. We have had contact with some great Canadian artists that have graciously allowed us to use their content on our show. And we had an interview with a DJ over social media. It was none other than DJ Kimo from The Rascals. The artists that are allowing us access to their music include The Rascals, Chocolaire, Socrates, Thrust, Brian Adams, Finger Eleven, and Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith has actually put together our intro and our outro for this podcast, and we're going to touch on an episode about some of his and his family's music. Let's get right into it. Now, I used to watch Rap City religiously on much music. In fact, I'm pretty sure that I still have a VHS tape with six hours of music videos on it. Yes, I'm that old, and I still remember watching the videos for these artists. Hell, I even had a shout-out on Rhapsody for Warrior's Drum from King Just from my friends. We both tried to support Canadian artists while we were growing up. I can still remember a struggling artist standing in front of the Eaton Centre one day, and he stopped me to listen to his album. I had a listen and ended up buying his CD from him. I don't remember what his name was, but I'm pretty sure that I still have the CD. I also remember finding Ghetto Concepts single at HMV. Yes, HMV. Remember that store? I found their single one day when I wasn't even looking for it. But there was only one copy, and I never saw it in the store again, no matter how many times I looked for it. Now we're going to look at the U.S. and the distinct advantage that they have when it comes to music. And we feel that some of these groups would have made it big if they were in the market today. They would have also had a bigger advantage with the digital releases that weren't available back then. And all the different social media platforms that have become mainstream and standard if you want to make it big in the music industry. We were able to obtain permission from a few of these artists in order to sample their music on this podcast. Other notable Canadian artists that we didn't get permission from was Maestro Freshwes, who is a rap icon in Canada, Ghetto Concept, Cardinal, Snow, and Classified. So we tried reaching out to a number of artists like Chaos, Nardwar, who is tied into this whole rap mechanism because he does these really crazy interviews and they're really interesting and they have a lot of great information. Anyways, we saw you guys checking out our DMs. Holla at your boys. <laughs> we're big fans and that's why we're doing this series. It's funny because Director Awesome was trying really hard to get a response from Chaos especially and it just didn't happen. Chaos probably thought, who are these pod jerky punks stepping into my DMs like this? Like, what? Hell no. And <laughs> Director Awesome said, mark my words, we will get him on the show. We will haunt him every day. And I just thought that was crazy funny. And mind you, we were talking about this while we were at work before we started our workday. And that's when we were trying to set up our podcast, do our research, reach out to the artists and everything like that. And just so everyone knows... We are going to get chaos. We will get through to him. <laughs> That's right. Show us some love, chaos, man. We, we got your back. Now, all of the stuff was going down, and then the corona zombie contagion hit, and then everything pretty much stopped. However, we were still working behind the scenes, trying to get everything off the ground and reaching out to other artists as well. And we got quite a few, and we really appreciate their support. And Nardwar... If you're listening, you're amazing at what you do and you have a lot of fans. Nobody beats your interviews. Nobody. We need to get you guys on the show or at least 
let us play your clips because we want to promote all the Canadian talent we can because as we said before, all of you guys are trailblazers in your specific industry. You're extremely talented and we wanted to share your work and your stories with the rest of the world. We know who you are. Most people don't though. For example, Thrust was talking that these days in the Canadian music scene, especially in Toronto, nobody supports anybody else's work. Nobody gives a shout out, a repost, a like, a heart, nothing. What we're doing is a five-part podcast series. See Thrust, we got your back, man. We did a lot of research. We're proud of the work we do and we try to do our best. And remember, we are doing this out of our own pockets. Our podcast is not monetized. We're spending money here. The only thing stacking up in our pockets is lint. So it's for the love of music and recognizing hard work, talent, drive, and determination. All these champion characteristics that Canadian artists seem to have in abundance. And now we're going to hand it off to Director Awesome. Now I want to talk about Chaos, who is a great artist. As Master Impresso stated earlier, we are big fans and we have a bone to pick with him because while we were starting up our podcast, we reached out to numerous artists such as Socrates, Chocolair, and the Rascals, and they all responded by giving us permission to use their music, and we desperately wanted to include Chaos as well. Now, despite our best efforts, Chaos never responded. Now, Mr. Chaos, we know that you have seen our messages because each message would say that you have read it and you would post messages on that same social media platform every day. <laughs> That's true. You were doing it just to mess with us. We know this. We know it. You know it. But we are still going to show you some love and talk about you anyway, because we still think that you were great. Now, before we go any further, please note that we have permission for the music that we are using in this and future episodes directly from the artist. And in no way are you authorized to use the music from this podcast without written consent. Now, just so everybody understands, we're huge fans, music fans in general, but rap and metal especially. You know, we're also big critics because, you know, we grew up with this stuff at the same time that these guys were just starting out. We're the same ages. We have the same interests. We were around the same scenes. And we understand their point of view, where they're coming from and what they're talking about, their frustrations, all the sacrifices and hard work that they had to go through. And then if you compare it today with some of the music that's coming out from the younger kids, it doesn't I, I really... don't get it. I say this to my wife almost on a daily basis that, you know, today's music that's out there, specifically hip hop and no disrespect to any of the artists out there, because I know it's a different uh, time than when we were growing up. But I always say that this is not music. This is just handing out contracts to every Tom, Dick and Harry out there right now and making these people famous because they are bringing in the money because the kids are listening to this bunch of crap in my words. And it's the same thing that our parents used to say about our music. Our parents used to say the same thing and say, I don't know what the hell you're listening to. I don't know what kind of music this is. And, you know, we're kind of saying the same thing. But I see it on two different planes because I think the hip hop from back when we were growing up to today's hip hop is drastically different. And there's a lot of mumble rap that... I don't even understand. And again, no disrespect to the artists, but you really need to step up your game with this music because I don't find it to be music or anything that I would listen to at all. I understand what you're saying. It seems that some of the older guys, especially Socrates, Chaos, 
they're really good singers. So they were able to merge their singing talent with their rapping talent. Right. And that's what I think a lot of the, the younger generation is lacking. Not to say that there aren't a lot of people out there that can do both. But back then they had to hustle. You know, Socrates was saying, if you weren't able to get your stuff out on vinyl, like you just couldn't make it, you know? There and DJ Kimo actually talks about the same thing in the interview I had with him. And he talks about it all being about hard work, having a team around you and being able to promote your whole entire music genre. And today that the kids, they just want to do it themselves. Um, they don't want to help doing anything. And they're releasing quantity over quality and that's the difference from our generation to this generation they just want to keep pumping out music just to keep trying to bring in the dollars whereas they're not putting out the quality music that was being put out back in the day another thing that's really interesting is these young kids man they have the social media down cold and i'm talking about marketing they can just rejig things, they resubmit things, they use different platforms to attach to other platforms, they try to get more followers, more viewers, this and that. Let me tell you, they're really adept at getting it done. Mind you, if these old school rappers had these same tools at their disposal back in the day, boy, I Without think Without a would... doubt, they would be huge. Most, most of these kids have never even heard of the Rascals no. or Chaos. You know, and if they have, it's just in passing like chaos. Okay, over the head, done, next. You know, they have. And these were some of the best rappers on the planet. Yeah, exactly. Some of the best musician artists on the planet. That's um, right. For their time and even throwing their music up today against any today's uh, music, I would still go back to that music. Oh, absolutely. Most of the stuff from the Rascals is really amazing. And Most we're going to showcase that in the next episode, so you're going to get to hear a lot of it. Yeah, they had some killer tracks, and it's just mind-numbing to understand how they just didn't break through. We'll get more into that in future episodes. But, for example, we just wanted to go over some of our own picks of some of the uh, music that we grew up with and some of the old-school rap that had some big influences on chaos, rascals socrates all these guys that were growing up back in the day with us let me interrupt you here because we kind of grew up in the same generation of music so our picks are pretty much similar so some of my older picks we're just going to go through the list here we got pete rock and cl smooth rob bass and dj easy rock eric b and rakeem mostef he is a superstar that guy he's just he's massively talented beastie boys the BC Boys basically got the rap industry and just took it and ran with it. And people didn't know who they were, where they were going, what they were doing. I remember LL Cool J was calling them up because he said that the Beastie Boys were ruining it for everybody. I guess they had some crazy antics at their shows and around their shows. So that was pretty interesting to hear him say that. Well, I want to say that they've done pretty well for themselves. So I don't think yeah. they ruined anything. Another one is, this is uh, some real old school stuff, but uh, it's quintessential rap. It's the stuff that everybody started off with. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, The yeah. Message. Run DMC, it's like that. KRS-One, Boogie Down Productions. And also Fat Boys, The Human Beatbox, and Stick'Em. Those yeah. two, back in the day, were just massive. Those are just some of the very early rap influences that 
shaped our music listening experience and also helped to form some of the uh, rappers coming out of Toronto and Canada because before that, really, we didn't have really much to go on here anyway. I'm sure there might have been some really early rap pioneers that were experimenting with things, but Rascals, Socrates, Chaos, Shaclair, the list goes on and on. Those were the guys that are the trailblazers, and they just, they made something out of nothing, and they had to work so hard. What about you, Director Awesome? What were your, some of your uh, influences? Pretty much the same there. I mean, I still listen to a lot of Souls of Mischief, who was a fantastic group, some DOS effects, Lords of the Underground. Those were pretty much the ones that uh, I listened to growing up. Of course, it was the Pete Rocks and CL Smooths and the Rob Bass. You know, It Takes Two was a huge, huge hit back uh, when I was growing up. Um, and then getting into Maestro Fresh West with Let Your Backbone Slide and conducting things, you know, those were huge, huge hits. And he was very popular in the States as well. So he did make it mainstream. And it was great to see that a Canadian artist had burst through that wasn't a rock star. Mm -hmm. um, this was a hip hop star that had made it to the mainstream level. It was great to see that. Uh, you saw his records out in stores, tape cassettes, whatever it was uh, back then. And it was great to see that. Yeah, it was huge. I remember Backbone Slide and Top of the World with the Rascals. Those were the two videos, the two gigantic hits from back in the day that I think just blew open the gates and cemented our place in the rap scene, especially with, for those guys there, because those tracks were huge. Everybody was playing it at high schools. Everybody was trying to rap and trying to make up their own raps like it. I even did my own beatbox mixtape back in the day. I lost it, unfortunately, but I'd it was give really anything. Good. I'd give anything to hear that right now. I would. I would. Yeah, it was really good because some of the people that I shopped it around to said it was. Yeah, okay. we should get Anyways. you to record another one and put it on our YouTube channel. No, there's a those, plug, shameful plug for YouTube. No, those days are long gone. Yeah, it was. It was pretty hectic back in the day. And now, mind you, the rap scene here in Toronto and in Canada, they had to fight off all the monster hits coming out at the time. And there were a lot in all the different genres like rock, metal, you name it. So props to them for doing what they did and for being able to actually make it in the industry and get their names out there, even though they faced a lot of stiff opposition here in Canada. And that's unfortunate. And we'll be talking about that more in future episodes as well. Well, like you just said, we're going to talk about that in the Rascals episode specifically because, you know, DJ Kimo had some interesting things to say about why like Canadian rappers weren't able to make it in the industry as big as the U.S., mm -hmm. um, why the Juno Awards were treating the award like it was like a token award. We'll get into some of that uh, more in detail in the next episode with the Rascals. There were a lot of hurdles for Canadians to jump in order to be able to make it big and kudos to them for all sticking with it living out their dream and becoming successful music artists i think the main thing with these guys is they're hard-working industrious they hustled like crazy and i remember watching an interview regarding chaos and he was basically saying people don't understand how much i have to sacrifice to get my stuff off the ground and how hard I have to work. And that's the thing that people don't see. Today, you put a, a video on TikTok or YouTube and you have 10 million people watching it and it's no problem. You yeah. know? And, and these guys struggled and worked their asses off to get to where they were. 
that's something that also sort of stings a little bit, you know, not having the the same support and the the same avenues to get your music out back in the day as you do now, which would have helped so much. Here's another thing, too, for most of the people that don't know. Every chance that we get, we have our special needs kids listen to the old school Toronto rap and Metallica. Always, you know, we we keep things clean, but once they hear the music, you know, compared to what's out today, they listen to it. They understand what's going on. We talk to them about the music. So we leave it. And then if we come back, let's say a week later and ask them what music they want to listen to, a lot of the times they go back to some of the music that we brought up and uh, introduced them to. So they can understand once they hear the music, they can hear how good it is compared to some of the stuff that's out today. And, and the what's, quality. what's the ones that we were listening to? Camila Cabello, oh, yeah. Bayo, however yeah, it, was. it was. I think it was uh, No, no crying, crying in the Club. In the club or whatever I think it was. It was uh, Halsey, you know something yeah. from Halsey. Now or never, now or never. Yes, yes. We had so, to change that. So one day we put on Chaos. I can't remember which song it was. I think it was Rise Like the Sun, perhaps. I'm not sure. And so then our students just looking at us like, what's wrong with you two crazy old donkeys? It's like, what is this? And he was sitting there listening. And he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He asked for Halsey anyway. And we, you know, we gave him his perk for the day. But then he came back later on and asked for chaos by name. I said, what do you want to listen to? Chaos, chaos. And I'm like, that's right. (laughs) That's how we work. (laughs) So that was uh, interesting and uh, pretty rewarding as well to see that some of the kids can appreciate the music for what it is. I mean, it's an art form and these guys are artists like top notch all the way. All right, so I think there were a few more songs and tracks where rock and rap were walking the edge together. And I think the first one that you put was Walk This Way by Aerosmith and Run DMC. Fantastic song. Fantastic. Yeah, that, that yeah. was pretty huge. Yeah. And uh, what Dream was the next On, one? Dream mm-hmm. On for Eminem. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Linkin Park and Jay Z. You had the 99 Problems. I'm a huge Linkin Park fan. Love their style. It's too bad with Chester Bennington that he passed away. But they also had the rap and rock influence in their music. They had the the one guy rapping and then the rest of the band singing. So they had kind of a mix, a collaborative mix of uh, music together. So they were great. MGK, he started off as a guitarist in a punk band in high school before he started rapping. Post Malone, same thing. He started as a guitarist in a metal band. I think he was practicing with Guitar Hero, if I'm not mistaken. That's what I heard. Oh, so he really? Was playing, yeah. He was playing Guitar Hero all the time. And then I guess he just said, well, let's let's just take this off and let's see what happens with it. You I, see, I, I, I played Guitar Hero all the time when I was younger. And there's I, I couldn't play the guitar now. I, like It didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. I think. I'm pretty sure that's what I heard in one of his interviews. I could be wrong, but, you know, just think, if you practice a little bit more Guitar Hero, you could be Post Malone number two right now. Yeah. (laughs) Raking in the millions. All right, so the next one is 3-6 Mafia, sampled by Metallica. Do you remember back in the day how they were fighting social media so much, especially, like, having their music out there? They were totally against it. But, you know, I think eventually they had to bite the bullet and just say, okay, let's just go with it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, drive the bus ourselves because people were going to listen to it, stream it, download it either way. Even if they didn't want them to, it was still going to happen. Like once it's out there, it's out there. You can't do anything about it. Well, see, going back, I have a bone to pick with Metallica a little bit. Him and Dr. Dre. 
back in our time, we had something called Napster. If anybody remembers what that is. Napster Napster was a program that you used to download music. Now, I wasn't rich at the time, so I couldn't afford to buy all these CDs. So you would go on from time to time and you would purchase or sorry, borrow, borrow, borrow uh, songs off of Napster. And I would download a Metallica song and I would download a Dre song. And I instantly got letters through email or through the Napster program, however it was, it wasn't in the mail, saying to stop downloading this music, that I'm going to be taken to court for illegal possession of music that is copywritten uh, and all this crap. So it was a lot different back then than it is today. Um, A lot of people are giving out their their music free they'll make the music uh sorry they'll make their money on tours ticket sales merchandise sales stuff like that but they want to promote their albums on online so you're able to listen to it so you have it on youtube all the time anyways right their music videos are out there but back when we were doing it we didn't have the youtube we didn't have the social media that we have today to listen to it so we were downloading it off of napster and that was my bone to pick with Metallica, but I still listen to them to this day. Now, wasn't that back in the dial-up days where it would tie oh, yes. up your phone line? Oh, and yes. it would took like six hours to download oh, yes. a track. And if anybody <laughs> picked up the phone in your house, it would just automatically cut your connection. Yes. Yes. I yes. remember that. And then you would have to restart. Boy, the, the younger generation has no idea. Typewriters. Yeah. Never mind using the computer. Typewriters. Yeah. Anyways, we'll we'll leave that. Yeah. And then there was something else that you uh, put on the list is called uh, new metal, also known as agro metal. It's just a genre that basically combines elements of heavy metal music with elements of other music gen- uh, genres, such as like hip hop or alternative metal, funk, industrial groove metal. I'm not too much into that type of music. I'm guessing maybe that's something that you would kind of like in Linkin Park too. Although I don't think that genre was kind of out at their peak period, but that's kind of what you would liken it to as uh, you would have the hip hop influence in it and you would have the rock influence in it. It's just kind of a mashup of different types of music. So Now moving on, we're just going to look at some of our uh, top rap and metal tracks, U.S. versus Canadian. The difference between the two countries and why Canadian artists did so poorly here. So now these aren't necessarily our favorites, but these are the big hip hop hits back in the day. So there was Sugar Hill Gang, Rapper's Delight, then Director Awesome. You had N.W.A. straight out of Compton. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fight the Power, Public Enemy. That was that was huge. Huge, huge song. Juicy by Biggie. They reminisce, uh, Pete Rock and CL Smooth. Wu Tang. Wu Tang. Yes. Massive, massive, massive group growing up. Yeah. People do not understand us. Like when we start playing our music at work, they look at us like, what planet are you guys from? And we just go, well, hey, you know what? We listen to really good music. Listen to the lyrics. Listen to the flow. Listen to the skills, the rhyme, the production, everything. It's just, it's off the hook. What did you have next? I think there was something from Tupac. Tupac, Dear Mama, that was a huge hit. Uh, Run DMC, it's like that. It takes two, like we've discussed before. Raw Bass, LL Cool J was huge back in the day. Mama Said Knock You Out was a huge hit. 
regarding Rob Bass, It Takes Two. That also was a massive track. Guys crushed it, just crushed it. We still play that to this day. I could probably rhyme off the whole song. It's like, it's just embedded <laughs> in your head. That's right, so, yeah. I mean, it, it, fantastic song. Now, some of the rock tracks that came out back in the day, Sweet Child of Mine, Guns N' Roses, they were huge too. They were oh, also yeah. pioneers as well in certain ways, and they pushed it. And Enter Sandman by Metallica. I think that was at the point where they were changing their sound a little bit. I really like some of the earlier Metallica stuff a lot. However, I got to say when they changed the direction a little bit, I appreciated their tracks. And even to this day, like they got some really interesting takes on some of their music. So well, like, what did you think? Enter Sandman was a huge hit. Growing up, that was probably my favorite song growing up just because it was just so out there. It was played so much on the radio. It was used for like walk-up songs for sports players coming to the plate or introductions to sports games in a hockey arena during a playoff game. It was a huge, huge hit. And some of their newer stuff, I'm not the biggest fan of. The St. Anger stuff is okay. It's It's nothing like the stuff back in the day. No, I agree. I agree. But can you imagine the coin that they made? It's just scary. I would really like to know how much money they've been able to collect over the years off these tracks because this stuff is massive and they're into everything. Next, what did you have on the list? It was, Highway uh, to Hell, ACDC, Dream On, Aerosmith, The Cult of Personality by Living Color, Welcome to the Jungle Again, Guns and Roses, Back in Black, Van Halen, Panama. Like these were all great, great rock songs that made it big in the music industry during our time and, you know, probably a little bit before our time as well. These are the things that we grew up with. Yeah. And I'm sure that most of these tracks are uh, the same songs that the uh, the rappers in Toronto grew up with, because listening to Chaos in some of his interviews, he goes back to Neil Young. He talks about these Canadian rockers, this Canadian music, and not just Canadian, U.S., and even some of his influences regarding his dad's music from the islands and things like that. I think it was from Trinidad or something along those lines. But like I said, these rappers are well-versed in all forms of music. They're really astute in finding, you know, their niche, working it, you know, doing what they have to, hustling. They're really talented people. And we really appreciate all the uh, support that we got from a lot of the artists that got back to us and that allowed us to use their music in uh, this series. So thanks again. Let's see, what do we got next here? Some of the Canadian tracks that were out back in the day, You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet by BTO, Wheat Kings, uh, Bob Cajun, The Hip, Life is a Highway, Tom Cochran. Big Brian, hit. That was a big hit. Yeah. This is actually a big hit next is Brian Adams, Summer of 69. That was a huge, huge hit. They were even playing it in Cuba when I was in Cuba at the clubs. So it's a fantastic song. Huge hit. Kudos to Brian Adams for uh, all the work he's done in Canadian music. A big thing that surprised us is when we were doing the research and we were trying to get a lot of the artists permission to play their music on this podcast, Brian Adams did get back to us. And he, said, did. he did. He said, go ahead. Sometimes you just got to send it out there. Send out the message. Yeah. Be honest. Say, this is what we're going to do. And can you help us out? Can you support us? And a lot of times you do get feedback and people do want to help you. And you know what? Socrates actually, in his response to us, said, you know what? Without you, there is no us. 
So you go ahead and do what you want to do with the music, showcase it, but give us a shout out. And I was like, you know what? Absolutely. Like, of course, that's what we're going to do. But he's right. Without us, there is no them. Like we, there has to be the listener in order for them to be making the records and be making the money. So kudos to them again for reaching back out to us and allowing us to use their music. And, you know, that's the main theme regarding all these guys. They were willing to support us. Some of the U.S. artists that you were in communication with said, well, what do you need this for? Like, what are you guys doing? They were actually willing to work and with us. Through, they talked and to go us. go through our record label. And I don't want to go this far in terms of doing this. Uh, I just want a quick response of, you know what? You can use our music. Go ahead. Get it done. Do what you got to do. Um, we're not doing this to monetize anything. We do know there's a fair use policy, but at the same time, we wanted to do this right. We wanted to make sure that these artists actually knew we were using their stuff and in hopes of maybe they're going to listen to our podcast and appreciate the, um, the work that we've done in order to showcase their talent. Actually, Director Awesome, you did a hard right on that and said I was going straight. I was going to say that with the uh, some of the American artists that they were willing to work with us and they were in contact with you and they, you know, they were really generous in actually communicating back to you and asking you questions and working with you and giving you some advice. We won't say their names just yet, but you're going to be hearing some of their content coming up in future episodes. So we really appreciated that. And you see, I've talked to so many of them. I don't even remember which artists actually got back to me in terms of uh, American <laughs> guests. Yeah. So you're going to have to refresh my memory once we're off air. Yeah, I just want to say that for the majority of these guys that we reached out to, they're really cool, really helpful. And they understand that, you know, people are just starting off. They need a little help, you know, just like Thrust was talking about. Just a little uh, repost, a like, a heart, a shout out. Don't worry. We got your backs. You know, yeah. you guys are helping us. We're going to help you. And that's where we're all in this as a group, fans and the creators and the artists. That's the most important thing. I mean, if we don't support each other, then what's the point, right? Now, the next area that we wanted to look into was the Toronto versus Vancouver vibe. What's the difference between these two locations? When it comes to the music industry, especially in Toronto versus Vancouver, there is a huge difference. Anybody that you talk to, Thrust was saying like we have some sort of inferiority complex here. Nobody wants to support other people's tracks. Nobody wants to help each other out. Nobody wants to do anything that would make things easier for other artists in the same category or in the music industry in general. You know, this uh, sense of community being unified, trying to get the Canadian vibe out to the rest of the world is missing here in Toronto. Some people might disagree with that, but this is straight from the lips of the artists who've been doing this for 15, 20 years. And but we're talking about today's music, right? Sure. That's, yes. um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But uh, because back then there was this sense of unity because all the guys, all the rappers, uh, the Dream Warriors, Mishimi, Chaos, uh, Rascal, Socrates, Thrust, everybody, they were basically forging their own road. They were. Well, you had the Rascals in the West Coast from Vancouver. Yeah. You had the Chocolaires and the Socrates that were basically from the GTA. Um, mm -hmm. They still all collaborated with their music. They gave each other shout outs. They supported each other. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they talk about it's not like that today. 
That's right. And that was a big thing. You know, the support, I think, was vital back then, especially since the, the rap industry was just beginning. Getting back to Vancouver, there was an interview that Chaos gave saying that in Toronto, it's really frenetic. There's all sorts of garbage going on and us versus them versus me versus him. And people really aren't in it together here, as opposed to Vancouver, where he was basically saying that you're able to breathe there. There isn't the, the same pressure. There isn't the same kind of machine trying to wear you down or, or chew you up and spit you out. And that's a major difference that he stated about Vancouver. And he actually said that he appreciates it more. He's able to relax and be himself more out there than if he was working here in Toronto. I think it's a different vibe in Vancouver. They also have access to the West Coast. They're really close to the U.S. market. I guess there's just a different perspective. Well, they relate more with the California rappers than they do their Canadian counterparts. I mean, that's basically the West Coast, East Coast thing in the States. Vancouver is not far off from, I guess, the state of California. And they've actually come out and say that they do relate with California rappers more than they do the Canadian rappers. So you can see a big disconnect between the West Coast and the East Coast rappers today that wasn't present back when we were growing up. You also have the Toronto-based media not promoting the West Coast stuff. So here in Toronto, we're not going to play the Vancouver stuff, no matter if they're Canadian or not, and vice versa, right? The Vancouver stuff doesn't want to play the Toronto stuff. You know, there's a lot of heat in Canada. We all get along for the most part. But, you know, a lot of people do dislike Toronto because we think we're the center of the universe here. A lot of people will shy away from playing Toronto artists in other parts of the country. I agree. There's a lot of things to the industry that a lot of people don't like. Still, Toronto is what it is. And there's still a lot of studios here. There's a lot of powerhouses in the city. We're going to go on now to some of the top Canadian tracks. Like what we were saying before, it's uh, Maestro Fresh West, Backbone Slide, was top of the world for the Rascals. Director Awesome, I guess you got Conducting Things by Maestro. Yeah. And Dreaded Fist by Rascals. That was another huge track for them. And we play that a lot, especially at work. It's really good. And now, these are all songs that we're going to be displaying in their, their upcoming episode. Now, going back a little bit to the whole Toronto, Vancouver City vibe thing, I think that a lot of where we are today has a lot to do with much music and the influence that it had on the music scene back in the day. Now, I'm talking about the original much music where they had Michael Williams, Master T doing uh, Rap City. Yeah, uh, Monica Diol, all these people, all these VJs, they were amazing in what they did. They promoted the music. They were knowledgeable. Michael Williams, man, that guy knew so much stuff. He was all over the place. Denise Donlin, who was working for much back in the day, or was it Chum? She ended up working at Sony Canada as the president for Canadian music, if I'm not mistaken. And she was a huge supporter of the Canadian rappers. And there was a backstory there, which we're going to get into as well in future episodes, where... There were some issues because there was a merger with Sony and BMG, and then that changed the whole landscape back in the day. And that really screwed up the aspirations of the rappers back in the day. It really threw a wrench into their music careers. And that's, I think, a big problem that affected the industry so much. And we're going to be looking at that specifically with Socrates. I'm not sure if the Rascals were facing the same thing, but there was somebody else. We're going to have, we have so many notes to go through 
through here. It's really interesting. You didn't have the machine pushing them, right? So the machine didn't get behind some of these artists. So that was the difficulties for them. I wanted to talk a little bit about Nardwar as well. If you guys don't know who that is, he's a Canadian personality. He's a pretty big star. He does these really crazy interviews. And back in the day with Much Music, he was doing an interview with Ice-T. And it was really interesting. And a lot of the people that are interviewed by Nardwar, they're a little bit put off by his approach. Because let's put it this way, he's more alternative. He has his own style. Check him out online at the videos. You'll see what I mean. But the guy's really knowledgeable. He does amazing interviews and what he does is he gets some of the up-and-coming rappers to come on and he gets them to open up you see a different side to these people that you don't normally get to see aside from the uh, you know their personalities in the media and in the videos it's really cool so hopefully we can get Nardwar into some of the future episodes we're working on it we haven't heard back from him yet we're going to keep trying though shout out to Nardwar come on help us out I have been been in contact. He hasn't answered back. He hasn't responded to anything yet, but I have tried to contact him. So we're crossing our fingers that we can get something out of him. It would be really cool to get some of his insights and just see where his profession is going as well. And some of the things that he's facing with the newer generation of rappers and singers and artists out there. I think Director Awesome, you wanted to talk about one Canadian group. They were wearing some J stuff in freestyle. Well, no, this group that was on, it was featured on Rap City. And good luck trying to find it on YouTube or anywhere online right now. I've been searching for the past three days just trying to find their stuff. And the name of the group was MVP. And I just remember that they had a really, really good freestyle while they were sitting there on uh, Much Music. And I believe two of them were Canadian. It was YOK, LC, and Simo. And they were doing this freestyle. I think the American guy was was like, you know, I really like your blue jays and plaster jeans, but I ain't no. And he didn't want to say Canadian. He just said, ah, forget it. You know, and it was kind of a rehearsed freestyle, but it was really good. And I still remember that to this day. And I'm pretty sure it's on my six hour VHS tape that I have. So I <laughs> am going to go yeah, through hiding. that and I'm going to look for it because I can't find this anywhere. And I wanted to actually sample some of their uh, freestyle into the episode, but I uh, haven't been able to find it yet. After we finished recording the show, I came across the MVP freestyle clip that aired back in the day on Rap City with YOK, LC, and CMO. Here it is. It's not written yet. Freestyle off the top of your mind. For real. Freestyle off the top of the cap. Well, I'm chilling, chilling on the table. I kick the freestyle, you know I'm able to kick it on the rap to the city. These whack MCs try to take me, it's a pity. I'm down with the mo and I'm down with the cake. I grab that much music microphone, I play. Props to Michelle Geister, I am a heister. I got the funky rhymes and I think I might just uh flow on and give props to Flex and DJ Saf. Brother, I see more your neck. But I won't pass it yet Cause I have to wreck And after this I will pick up my check And then get to my home And jump in my bed And write rhymes 4am uh, I won't do the work That you call the homework I wanna pass it to the CMO Cause I'm out of work The mo Pass it on The mo Yeah The mo Check it out. Well, it's the niggas Simo in the house. Oops, sorry that I said that, but now I kick some fresh raps. I see the camera in front of me. You see it says a uh, blueprint M 
for much music. See, I flip the flow when here I go. Yo, they call me Simo. It's brother, uh, should I say LC? So, yes, I really like your blue jays and plus your jeans. But, yo, I'm not no, uh, uh, what, forget it. So, anyway, I pass it along to brother Y.O. The Y.O.K. with the beat. And, yes, you know he will slay. Check it out, my prop to the poly flex. I can't forget all the brothers on the streets that want to rap with me. Can't flex with me, man. You better not test me. I'm niggas Simo in the house to wreck in your life fling, see? So, anyway, I'm on rap CD kicking free. So, off the top of my mind as you press your rewind. When you recording me and you see me on TV. And I do the words that flow and they call me Simo in the house. The rock and roll, yo. That's the way I flow. And so, I got to pass it on right to the right. I belong to the LC and I just started anyway. So, the wire wants to spill the words that flow, yo. <laughs> um, just so that you think I'm not thinking, I'm flipping, I'm blinking. If you're thinking what I'm thinking, then you're thinking that I'm rapping a rap city. It's such a pity that these MCs come and they're such a, they're so, um, I really can't swear on the station because it's across the nation. Yeah, my, um, creation that I created from the mind rewind and find another line. It's a freestyle rhyme, so check it out. I don't pull that wax stuff and call it freestyle when I wrote it last night. And that's not wild, so check my smile. I grip my teeth, I don't have to pull that um wax stuff uh, i already told you um uh, <clears throat> i cough or cough um i snuffle up uh, um i guess you might go to sesame street and learn the abc's it's the mvp we drove on the dvp to get here and that's the don valley parkway i start with i um uh, i flip it i'm kicking i don't know what i'm saying but i'm playing and i'm playing and it's the y okay and when i'm ripping on rap 50 here i go with the flow gotta pass it back to the demo but stop that i forgot i got to pass it in the middle to the brother on the table um i don't see no dribble on your left, so you know you're not tripping or slipping. Grab the mic now, uh, and start ripping. Well, I, I grab the mic and I'll start ripping. I'm not gonna be tripping and the script's off the flipping. So check one, two with the brother named Flex and the brother named Sap and I'm, I'm next. Next in the middle, I went uh it been riddled and I messed up, but what the heck? It's just freestyle, you know that it's real. You see the videos, real surreal, yeah. I'm on the place that you call Rap City and I kick the stuff and it's fat. Oh, gee whiz, yeah. You know, it's just like cheese whiz. I put it on my broccoli and you see me as a damn. I'm kind of running out of words and I got to pass it to the mole, but just hold up. I'm going to pull on because I got the hot style and you see me with that nice smile. I hope you all enjoyed that bit of nostalgia. Now back to the show. And they were from Scarborough. YOK actually was from Scarborough. And his song, Sunlight, actually got a lot of play on much music when they weren't playing a lot of rap. So it was actually a big influence in the rap scene as well. Back in, we're talking 97, 96, 97, around that time. You know, they were a big influence in the hip hop scene as well. Now, one thing that I wanted to touch on a little bit was special aspects about much music that made things so cool back in the day. So we got TikTok now, we got Instagram, WhatsApp, all these platforms, all these services out there. Much music back in the day, they had a huge pool of talented VJs, producers. They had Speaker's Corner, which was huge. Speaker's Corner, for those of you that don't know, they had like this little phone booth right at the corner of their building. And basically people were able to go in 
and they could record audio and video. So I remember watching the bare naked ladies try to cram in there, all these guys. And remember this, the booth was really tight. It was really tiny. And so all these guys had to squeeze in there and they recorded one of their songs. And I think that's how their career got launched. That was so cool back in the day. It was just like having YouTube. That was our social media. That was our social media. And it was so cool. You would go down there, you could see the place was all grimy and stuff and had all sorts of character and you know back in the day there was this vibe coming out from downtown toronto you had the amazing hosts like michael williams master t they had power hour they had the electric circus they had all sorts of crazy shows on much music it was so awesome back then boy for the younger generation you guys don't know what you miss because it was amazing they had a whole apparatus taking care of the promotion speaking of the artists the music the industry it was all interconnected it was really cool back in the day so what fans can't understand today is why the canadian rap pioneers disappeared and what happened Interviewing DJ Chemo, you come to find out a lot of things. And again, we're going to have this whole interview on our website for you to read and go through, draw your own conclusions. But what he was basically talking about was a lot of the times their groups, I guess, back then were spending their own money out of their own pockets, trying to get noticed, trying to get bigger. They didn't have the machine pushing behind them as hard as they would today. Like there's no record company out there that wanted to promote this type of music back then right so you would have say the rascals going in and unless you had somebody at the record company that was into that type of music they didn't really want anything to do with it so a lot of people that worked at those record companies weren't into that type of music so they weren't getting pushed the way that they should have got pushed for the talent that they had and i asked if you know did you think that it was a racist thing was it a a money thing whatever it was and it was kind of an answer of it was a little bit of everything because at that time no Nobody wanted to push this type of music out there. They didn't see money in it. And nobody at the record companies actually enjoyed listening to this music. And then you finally get to the people that did want to push it. And they got into Fat Beats in New York. And, you know, we're going to get into a whole bunch of this stuff with the individual episodes for each artist. But this was kind of what happened to these artists because they didn't get the love from the record companies. They didn't have the social media platforms to release their music on that they do have today. DJ Kimo talked about it and said, there's no record company out there that would be able to push Drake to the height that he's at right now. He had to do that through pushing social media channels and advertising that kind of way. And they just simply didn't have those tools back then. And This is kind of why these guys have kind of fallen off from releasing any newer material because they've kind of passed the torch on to the newer artists and they've kind of just ran their course, I guess. Yeah, it's really sad and it bothers us a lot because, you know, we can see all the talent and the dedication that these guys have to their craft. These guys are smart. They know what they're doing. They make good music. They just didn't get that break. You know, sometimes you don't get the break that you need. Sometimes shit happens and you get a wrench or two or a couple of bags of wrenches thrown at you and you know it's hard to get back up but you know props to everybody they're still there they're still making music thrust dj chemo they're still going strong 
maybe not in the same way as they were back in the day, but they're still at it. They're still hustling. So any chance that we can get to promote fellow Canadians, we're going to do it. And I mean, we're not shilling their stuff. We're just giving props to the people that are putting in the time, the dedication, the hard work. And the fans do appreciate we are here. We are listening. We are interested just to let you all know. So just keep doing it. And there's no promises, no promises, but we're working on maybe trying to get one of them to actually do an audio show with us. There's no promises that that's ever going to happen, but we're going to try and push it. Mr. Chaos will be listening. Uh, We're (laughs) going to try and get you guys on the show to actually discuss the Canadian hip hop scene and the struggles that you guys had to go through back then. Now, we're going to roll over to a funny story that happened while uh, Director Awesome was working with me. And he was talking about the banging rap music that he had on his phone. I got to say, when you told me this story, I was laughing my ass off because I could picture in my mind what happened that day. So go ahead and tell everybody the story. It's pretty funny. So, you know, I've got my playlist going on and, you know, the music is pumped to like high, high volume. And I have my playlist going and, you know, you've got the gangster rap, you got the naughty by nature, the Dre, the public enemy, Wu-Tang, you know, and this is all blaring in my car and I'm just having a great time driving home. And out of nowhere in the playlist comes up a rig-a-jig jig, which is a song that we play for our special needs kids. And it's a primary nursery rhyme song. This is just blaring in my car. So gangster my ass This is more like kindergarten here while I'm driving, scared the shit out of me and just made me look like an idiot with my windows down and this song (laughs) just playing and blaring out loud in my car. Director Awesome was wearing a hoodie, dark shades. He's leaned back. He's all like thug life in the car listening to the gangster rap. And all of a sudden this nursery rhyme comes on. Yeah. yeah, I wish I was here to see that. Just take a picture, a video, and then post that on our YouTube. Oh, that'd be yeah, crazy. That was, that, it would break it for us. Group. Good days, good times. All right. I think what we're going to do is we're going to wrap it up now. If you don't have anything else, Director Awesome, and we'll get some of the other episodes ready. They'll be coming out in a while. It's going to take a lot of work and editing. We're trying to do the best job that we can. Any last thoughts? No, I think that's pretty much it for this the introduction episode. I know we rambled on a little bit uh, longer than we wanted to, but this is just the introduction episode. Our next uh, few episodes are going to be killer because we have some actually really, really good stuff from the Rascals, from Socrates, from Chuck Clare, from Thrust. We have some of their music samples going into the episodes. So stay tuned for those episodes because they are actually going to be excellent, excellent episodes. And just a message to all the artists that have helped us out. Please listen. Please share the episode if you have anything that you wanted us to add in the future. If you wanted to do any interviews or work with us in any way, I mean, we'd be more than happy to help you guys out because, like I said, we're big fans of the music. We appreciate all the hard work, the ingenuity, your creativity everything that you've done for the music industry in Canada. Yeah, I think that's about it. So we'll leave it there and we'll wrap it up. Here we go now! Pop Jerky.